Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. Exodus um, chapter 6, no sorry, um, will be chapter 5 verse, verse 22. And that's something that through many of the years here recently I've tried to understand more because the purpose of a trial, to understand why these things happen. There's many people out there that will say, well there can't be a God because of this or that. But at the same time, God takes evil things and uses them for good. Amen. The Bible only says that. So. <clears throat> Uh, hopefully this is something worth having and not just a waste of breath not tinkling cymbals and sounding brass so um, a little too nervous to pray because I feel like I make a fool of myself so let's just get right into the text um, and it says and this is after Moses returned from talking to Pharaoh and Pharaoh said he would not let them go and after Pharaoh made the bondage of the Israelites or Hebrews ten times worse and they cried out <clears throat> and Moses says and said, Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evilly entreated this people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people, neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. Then, and this is what's most important, the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his hand, land. And God spoke unto Moses and said, unto Moses, and said unto him, I am the Lord. I appeared unto Abraham, and unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. But by the name of Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them, to give them the land of Cana, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage, and have remembered, and I have remembered my covenant. And if you look through the whole book of Exodus, we can see that Moses had to entreat Pharaoh, talked to Pharaoh many times. He had to say, <clears throat> plague after plague, and Pharaoh didn't turn, or Pharaoh lied and didn't, didn't do what he said he was going to do. And I believe this was no surprise to God. God didn't say, well, Pharaoh didn't break the first time, we have to go with plan B. And I believe that, like I said, the purpose of a trial is to teach us at least three things. You maybe can find more if you're smarter than me, which wouldn't be too hard, but, but we see here that this reason, the first purpose of a trial, is to show God's power, to show His strength. I don't know much about Moses before the Exodus, the years in the Egypt or in the wilderness, but I'm going to guess he didn't really have a great walk with God coming from Egypt, a land with many different gods, and none of them were the true God. And for many new Christians, having faith that God can do something might be hard. I know there's many times that I doubted what God could do, mostly just because I didn't think God could use me. I didn't think that he could do anything with my sermons and anything good that comes out of this isn't of me. But we see through all these trials and all these struggles that Moses sees God. I really doubt through all of this Moses thought, well, maybe if I just didn't go to the burning bush. Maybe I should have just stayed in the desert. I really doubt that right now, after everything that God went, that Moses went through with God, he would ever go back and say, I should have just stayed in the desert tending sheep. I really doubt that. So the first purpose of a trial is to show God's strength. And through all this we see it. 
if we go to um, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 2. <clears throat> and Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. We see here, Pharaoh was probably a very prideful man. He openly says, Who is the Lord? He doesn't know God. <clears throat> And through over and over again, God showed who he was. He showed his power. And if we go, this will be a lot of page turning, I'm sorry. But if we go to chapter 12, verse 30, I believe. 30. <clears throat> 31. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from amongst my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord your God. I'm sorry, serve the Lord as ye have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as ye have said, and be gone and bless me also. <clears throat> so it went from a man who didn't know God at all to a man that was very fearful of God, maybe not in the right way, but still feared God. And for sake of time, I won't turn it. I have all of, the, all of them, at least all of them right now. But we look through all of the storms and the trials and the plagues and how many times Pharaoh said he would, but then turned his back. Every time that that happened, God gave more. Every time the Pharaoh was, you know, uh, sorry, uh, the plagues happened, Pharaoh gave more. First, it was only the men, and they were only allowed to go so far, and then they had to come back. Then it was just the men and the old men, and they weren't able to take any of their sheep. And so forth and over and over again, Every time God sent a plague upon Egypt, Israel got more freedom to the point where instead of just having to come back after a while, instead of only being able to take a couple people, now it's the whole, whole congregation, everyone. It says, both ye and the children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord as ye have said. I believe that Moses saw the power of God through this. I believe that especially, especially Egypt saw the power of God. And both, like I said, the first reason for trial is to show us strength. To show us that we didn't make the wrong choice in choosing God of every single abomination this world chooses to serve. Like I said, Moses probably didn't have very much faith. Didn't have much confidence in God because he didn't know who God was. And through all of this, he became a founder of a whole religion. And was basically God's right-hand man for most of, the, most of the Old Testament. So the first purpose of a trial is to show us his strength, to show that we made the right choice. And I'm sorry if I repeat myself, I'm not very good at this. Like Moses, I'm not eloquent, and I'm a very slow tongue. Which leads me to my second point. The second purpose of a trial is to show God's strength. No, sorry. To show his, to help us grow. If we go, um, chapter 9, verse 11. Actually, no, not, sorry. Uh, chapter 9, verse 30. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> 39. I'm getting this all wrong. 30. And Moses said unto him, Pharaoh, As soon as I am gone out of the city, I will spread abroad my hands unto the Lord, and the thundering shall cease, neither shall there be, shall there be any more hail. That thou mayest know that how that the Lord, sorry, that how the earth is the Lord's. But as for thee and thy servants, I know that ye will not yet fear the Lord. We can see that Moses grew a lot through these trials and these challenges. And like I said, there's going to be a lot of page turning. So if we go to chapter 4, sorry, yeah, verse 11. So Moses is now, well, let's just let the text speak for itself. 
And Moses, if we're all there, sorry, not going to try to go too fast. <clears throat> and Moses said unto the Lord, sorry, I think I'm in the wrong place. I'm very sorry. Uh, yes. Chapter 3, verse 11. I'm sorry, wrong place. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should be, should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token to thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mount. And then we go to chapter 4, verse 11. <coughs> You know, God already told Moses that he was going to do this. He already told him that this was a token that, that he sent him. But we, only a couple verses later, chapters, no verses, all right. Later we see Moses still doesn't have much faith. And it says, chapter 4, verse 11, 10, sorry. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither henceforth nor since that I have spoken to thy servant. But I am of a slow speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said to Moses unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or the deaf, or the seeing, or the blind, have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Now two times Moses got com confirmation that God's going to do this. He's not going to just throw him out there and see what happens. But clearly Moses doesn't really have much faith. Can't really blame the guy. His son found a burning bush and said you're going to do all these safe, crazy things out of nowhere. But it may be hard to believe, but God's still God. No matter who you are, He can use you. And then it's continuous says, <clears throat> And he said, Moses, speaking, O my Lord, send I pray thee by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. I don't know how Moses didn't get this. That's you, Moses. God's sending you. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. I think most parents can say it's pretty annoying to tell your kids something twice or three times and then not to get the point. <clears throat> and he said, Is not... Aaron, the Levite, thy brother, I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall say. Sorry, shall do. Now we see, I probably did this backwards, I probably should have done the other way, but <laughs> Moses didn't have any faith. He had no confidence in himself that God could use him. He had no faith that God would do these amazing things God said he would do. So he had to have Aaron. And for many times, Aaron was the one that was speaking, not Moses. He wasn't doing what God told him to do. And that's probably why his anger was kindled against him. But then in the text we just read, which I said, I probably read it backwards, but in chapter 9, verse 30, he was, he was confronting Pharaoh, saying, you're probably not going to do what you said you were going to do. So he went from a man thinking he had no right to speak to Pharaoh, to a man that was confronting Pharaoh. And from personal experience, I can say a trial has taught me to have more faith in God. From all the surgeries and with Silas, I, I can't for once think he's not going to do what he says he's going to do. Never once think that he's not going to go through with what he promised. There's a lot of promises in this book. And as far as I've known, as far as I've seen, he's kept every single one of them. No matter how much the world goes darker and the devil tries to taunt and ridicule and persecute, God still has enough strength to do what he says he's going to do. And I may have had a hard time reading Revelation because of all the big words, but I know what it says. I know that promise he's going to keep. So the second purpose of the trial is to help us have more faith, to help us grow in our walk with God. And like I said, Moses is a perfect example of that. From some shepherd out in the middle of nowhere, 
to the father of whole religion, being the one that they had to go to to talk to God. I'm going to say, I think his faith grew. And I see in my own life, in my own family, through the trials I've gone through, not saying I'm perfect, nowhere close, not saying that I'm where I need to be. I still have a lot of growing to do, but I think I've come a lot farther from being somebody who didn't even know who God was. And I'm happy about that. And not because I'm special or anything I've done, but because God has allowed me to see miracles upon miracles. And with Silas, I don't know if I was just ignorant or I just was somewhat spiritual. But there was never once when something happened or he had a setback that I ever thought, God's not going to do anything. God's not going to do what he said he would do. I don't believe that God would pull him through five times his heart stopped and then he started. Then he was just going to throw him away. I don't think God was going to do that. And I'm happy to see that he's doing a lot more. We have to keep him out of the cabinets now because he's walking too much. <laughs> I think it's a lot farther than some being on a ventilator, not being able to talk or walk like they said he was going to be. And I've seen in my own life, in my own family, and I'm not trying to throw my parents into the bus, but before Silas went through everything he went through, they weren't, I wasn't, we weren't, we all weren't where we needed to be. And maybe they did it when I wasn't looking, maybe I wasn't paying attention. But growing up for most of my life, I never saw my parents read the Bible. And granted, I was a kid. I'd much rather go trip over a tree and bust my head off something than sit there and watch my parents read a book. But I didn't see them read the Bible as much as I thought I should. I didn't see them praying as much as I should. And like I said, my mom is an amazing mother. I wouldn't trade her for anything. So I'm not trying to throw her under the bus when I say this, but she only told me that when I was born, it was kind of the last straw that broke the camel's back. She said she saw so many people with children, and they were living in complete and utter sin, and they were as healthy as could be. They didn't have any heart problems, didn't need a surgery at six months old. And she said that every time she prayed to God, it felt like he did the exact opposite of what she wanted him to do. And after I was born, she kind of said she kind of gave up on that. And it's hard to think that, but as far as I know, I never, it's true. I didn't really see it. But then, what Silas was going through, my mom and dad were here every night, every night, because they had the keys to the church praying. And I see my mom I wake up in the morning, go to work, and I come in, and I see my mom asleep because she has to wake up at four o'clock to help my dad, so she can sleep in a little bit. <laughs> and there's a Bible with notes on it. And I see that she's reading something I never really remembered seeing growing up. And I see my dad trying, at least, trying to be better. And I hated, I hated seeing Silas. I didn't want to see him go through that stuff ever again. And I don't mean this in any mean or cool way, but if I could trade that for anything else, I wouldn't. And not just that, not just the spiritual help that we got, but no one really knew what happened to Silas. His was a very rare new case. From what I've heard, the doctors have got a lot of information from his time in the hospital. And there was another family there, right as Ryan's Conway were leaving, had a child that had a very similar, similar situation. And what Silas went through is going to help make sure to know that a kid has to go through it. So not just the spiritual growth, but just helping people physically. The second purpose of a trial is to help us grow and to see that God can do whatever He said. And I think that was a pretty good, not even on purpose, segue into my final and third thought. <laughs> the last reason we go through a trial, and I think I have another verse in the New Testament that's supposed to help me with this. Yes, I do. So, <clears throat> the third point, the further purpose of a trial, is to help us comfort others who are going through one. Amen. I believe it's Corinthians 
1, 3. Sorry, chapter 1, verse 3. And maybe I should have marked the place because I clearly didn't. Second Corinthians, sorry. says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Father of mercy, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us, all, oh, sorry, yes, us, in all our tri tribulations, trials, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the suffering of Christ around about, around, sorry, abound in us, so our consolation also consists, yeah, also aboundeth, abideth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your conciliation and salvation, which is sorry, affected in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. And I can tell you this. I bet Comrie and look back and don't really think much of it, but there was families in that hospital going through a very similar thing. And I believe that them being there, them praying for them, talking to them, trying to be a blessing to them, trying to help them. That probably was a very big comfort. And I may have blotted out a lot of stuff because I just don't like thinking about it, but what little I remember, I remember Conrail praying over Silas. They listened to the music while he was sleeping. And everyone here and a lot of people all over the world, which is just a blessing to know, sent them notes. And they had a whole wall full of notes, prayer requests, and just praying for them, let them know somebody cares. And, but that was a great comfort. And there's many people in the hospital that openly said, this is amazing, I don't know how this is happening. And Kyle Marion got an opportunity to witness to them, to tell them it was God. It was, they had a lot of people praying for him. I remember this exact word Kyle said. And try and use my text in a little bit. <laughs> we see that Moses, through everything he's went, probably comforted a lot of people. Thought that they were forgotten. Thought that God didn't care about them. And I'm sure he did. Right. <clears throat> and this part probably will be using a lot more um, uh, examples, not in the Bible, but I just the whole purpose of this isn't just for us to suffer. God doesn't like us suffering. He doesn't enjoy that. And I know there's a lot of people out there saying, if there's a God, why does he let this happen? If God really cared, why is he letting me go through this? Like um, pastor's been talking about. A lot of people will say, cares that not that we perish. But <laughs> The whole purpose of a trial is to help us grow, to help us see that we didn't make the wrong choice believing in God, that selling out to Him isn't something foolish or wrong, and to help us know we made the right choice. The whole purpose of a trial is to help us be able to help those who are going through one. And yes, God is a, He is the comforter. He can comfort us with anything. But having somebody down here help us and talk to us and show us that we're not in this alone and it's not just us, it's a comfort. It helps us know that with God's help and those around us, we can make it through it. So no per trial is purpose purposeless. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of more examples, and I'm sorry that I'm running But I can't really say this many times in my life that I was able to comfort people. But I know that the surgeries and everything else, God will use if he so sees fit. 
and I can see the trials that my family went through and help others. And there's uh, some people at work, um, one of my coworkers, he uh, got saved a couple months ago. He um, was really worrying because he's not in church. He doesn't seem like he has any desire to grow. And I've been trying to get him to come. But there's so many um, certain coworkers that don't live right and aren't really good influences on him. And I find myself sitting there saying, well, what they're saying is wrong. Just because you choose not to do this or that doesn't mean you're wrong. And the stuff they're talking about is a little more inappropriate things that I really don't feel like comfortable talking about in the pulpit. But at the very least, I feel like I was able to help him through that. So, because I know what it's like to be around a bunch of people and think that, well, I got to do this, I got to do that to, be, to fit in. And the fact is, it doesn't matter if I'm all by myself as long as I got God. And so I think that's something God has helped me with. And let me use that to help somebody else. And I'll wrap it up here because I think I'm running out of things to say. But the whole purpose of a trial isn't just to watch us suffer. It isn't in vain unless we let it be. Through most of the Bible, we've seen people suffer. But at the very end, I don't ever see them once saying, I regret this. I wish I could go back. And I'm happy to know that I, I don't. Not because I'm spiritual, but because I'm not, as, not completely foolish and dumb. I don't feel like running away. I don't feel like giving up on God. No matter how much the storm blows and the wind <laughs> those seas rage. And I really hope this was an encouragement and a blessing. It did something. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. <laughs>